Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, the much-anticipated NBA draft just happened this past Thursday. Uh, we had a lot of speculation about what might happen in the first couple of picks, like you do every year, I guess. Jason Tatum ended up going number three, probably a little high, but he was right in that ballpark, and there was a lot of talk with the Celtics and him, so that wasn't too surprising. Uh, Jackson went four, De'Aaron Fox five. But as you mentioned right before we started the podcast, that's when things really started to get interesting, not just with draft picks, but there was a, a huge trade between the Timberwolves and the Bulls that really changed the direction, I think, of both franchises. Yeah, I mean, definitely Jimmy Butler. Uh, I mean, to the Timberwolves was speculated a little, but uh, I expected them to have to give up a lot more um, and uh, for the Bulls to get a lot in return for Jimmy Butler. And I thought they, the Wolves kind of stole him. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. And most people that I've heard talk about this seem to think the same thing also. Um, it's it's just, I guess we'll go through the details. If For those of you who haven't seen it or didn't look at the details, <clears throat> the Bulls ended up getting the seventh overall pick, which which they turned into Laurie Markkinen. Um, pretty high pick for him also. Uh, but there were some mock drafts that had him uh, you know, in the top ten. Uh, they also got Zach Levine and Chris Dunn, so they, they got younger. And the Timberwolves got Jimmy Butler and the 16th overall pick, which they used on Justin Patton. But really what this is for me is the Timberwolves, I think, immediately become a playoff team, and it looks like the Bulls are ready to, to rebuild. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest surprise to me is that they gave away that 16th pick. I, di- I didn't think they need to give that. And if you're trying to rebuild, you want to hold on to as many picks as you can because you're getting all this young talent. I-, I didn't think that 16th pick was necessary to give to the Timberwolves. It's interesting that you mentioned that. I-, I agree with you. I think that's that's accurate. But um, it was it was actually came down to it. They were going back and forth actually over the 16th pick. And it was a deal breaker. If if um, if they didn't get the 16th overall pick, they were not going to do the trade, is what they told Chicago. So that's interesting. I guess maybe Chicago was felt that compelled to do it. Um, but I, it's surprising. You would think that they had to have gotten offers for more than that. And then the speculation with Boston supposedly unwilling to give up the third pick and unwilling to give up uh, their next year uh, first round pick. I I don't know how I feel about that either. If I'm Boston, I think I I'm willing to give up one of those two things, aren't you? Is that true though? Because I I heard Danny Ainge say they weren't even in discussions for Butler. Yeah, I, so a lot of rumors going around. That's true. Um, it's hard to know who to who to believe. I I'm not very trustworthy of Danny Ainge to be honest. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm a Sixers fan, uh, and the Celtics kind of. 
I, I think we're in a better trajectory, but they're better than us right now. And I think that there's going to be some animosity between the two franchises in the near future. And I, I agree with you uh, right out of the Sixers, but now I, I'm not. Uh, the conversation between the Wolves and the Sixers is kind of interesting because, I mean, the Sixers obviously did add a number one overall pick, but the, the Wolves just added an all star. And, I mean, right away, uh, they're, they're definitely more ready to win now. Yeah, I mean, I think we usually bring up Boston and Philadelphia and Milwaukee when we talk about young cores that maybe in the next few years are ready to make the leap. Philadelphia, obviously, probably the furthest away from that. Uh, Milwaukee's, you know, right there-ish and same with Boston. But, like, I agree with you. This is a young core. They still have uh, some young guys that they rely on. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Gorgie Dang. And now the rumor is they're going to try to get rid of Ricky Rubio. I don't know what they're trying to get back for him. Um, and I don't know where that he would land, but that's the rumor right now. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing those rumors for a while that maybe Tibbs wants to bring in his old buddy Derek Rose into the team and all that. But, I, I mean, I'm not sure what they can get for, for Ruby at this point. He can't shoot outside, which is tough for a point guard right now in this league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it should be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, I, I guess my question I don't know if you have an answer for this. I don't really know. What's the rush? I mean, I feel like he's serviceable at point guard, and he's like the third or fourth scoring. No, he's the he would be the fourth scoring option at this point. Um, yeah, at least out of the starters. I mean, what's why does it matter? I guess just because he's he's more of a ball dominant guy. Maybe they want the ball in Wiggins and and Butler's hands. That, that's the only reason I would think of. Because it's, I mean, their backup point guard right now is Tyus Jones since they got rid of Chris Dunn. Um, so it's not like they're trying to develop a high pick right now. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess what you're saying is Rubio's probably not that useful if, he's, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands because he's not, you know, so good at shooting. And it'd probably be better for them to get a guy at, at point guard maybe that can just shoot threes. Or maybe they can just let Wiggins run the point. I mean, the league is getting to a point now where these positions don't really matter, and you just kind of build, you know, based on what you have. Maybe they'll just add someone who's decent size that can shoot a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, overall, though, I mean, that, that's a good problem to worry about, getting rid of a good player in Ricky Rubio because he's a good defender also. Um, but, I mean, the trade definitely makes them a better team, and like you said, I think they're a playoff team for sure. So, um, I guess there, there's a lot of talk about good drafts and bad drafts after the draft each year. It's hard to know immediately, although sometimes it's, it can be kind of obvious. Um, but usually in the long run, you see which team you know got the steals and which team didn't. But I know that you have some opinions about this, so I don't know if you want to go through maybe some of the teams you thought did pretty well on Thursday. Well, I mean, I, I just thinking about uh, picks themselves, so I didn't include the Bulls. Um, I mean, sorry, the Wolves, uh, because, I mean, there's just more of a, a trade rather than drafting. But right. I thought the Bulls did a bad job drafting because, I mean, we talked about it last time. Neither of us were that high on marketing. And seven, uh, especially to a Bulls team, I mean, I, don't, I just don't really know how he fits on that team. But uh, maybe they're going to start building around him uh, for, their, for their rebuild, which I don't agree with. So that's why I didn't like their draft. Yeah, like I said, I was I liked marketing, but I really thought again as him as just really a perimeter player who can shoot threes. 
Uh, nothing more. He's not to me. He's not a franchise player. I don't know that I would have. I, I may have taken him this high, but um, he, he's definitely not a franchise player. So I sincerely hope that their plan is not to build around him. Um, he's another young guy. They're getting younger. Uh, it's a, basically a bunch of younger players in Wade now. So they're going to have to rebuild. But I'm not going to disagree with you um, just because they made a, a bad trade and in addition to that but they did get younger so that that's something yeah they're gonna they're gonna be bad for the next two years the bulls um i mean they have rondo and wade on the team for next year so we'll see what they decide to do with those two Uh, another team that i thought did bad was the blazers i just i mean they traded up to 10 and i'm not a big fan of zach collins um but i i just thought there was there's power forwards and slash centers uh, in the mid-teens that they could have stayed at 15 and gotten instead of jumping up to 10. Yeah, I think I'd agree and with then, that. And then Caleb Flanagan, by the way, in late or first round, I didn't like either. I, that's exactly what my follow-up question for you was going to be, is, is your opinion of that. I, I'm with you. Um, I'm not impressed that much with Zach Collins, but a lot of people were talking about um, you know some really high potential with him. I don't see it in particular, but... Um, I hope for their sake that that turns up to be true. Where do you think he would have went if if they didn't move up to get him? I don't think he would have fallen that far. Uh, I mean, he may not have made it to 15 where they were, they were at. So they probably should have jumped, jumped up if they really wanted him. Uh, So, I mean, good for them that they got the guy they wanted and all they gave up was 15 and 20. So it's not like Portland needed, uh, I mean, they have a lot of guys on their roster for next year already, so they didn't need to draft uh, three players in the first round. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll be talking about uh, the team they traded with, the 15th and the 20th pick, um, but I don't think they're in your list of bad drafts. So if you want to give us another one of those. Uh, I mean, we talked about the Celtics. Uh, I just I didn't think Tatum was the right pick at three. I mean, we, we talked about how much I like Josh Jackson. Um and I thought he should have been the pick rather than Tatum at, at three. So I have them in my uh, top uh, bottom five. Yeah, the thing is that if they wanted Tatum, they probably could have traded back even further. I don't know what the benefit of that would have been. Danny Ainge claiming that that's the guy who would have taken number one overall is is just ludicrous. Um, there's no one that no one else that would have done that. I don't believe him that he would have done that either. Um, so, but it is Danny Ainge, so he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not so sure that he is. Um, it, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because he, you know, Tatum might end up getting a lot of minutes. Do you think he'll play a lot? I mean, the Celtics have a lot of good young talent on their team already, but they don't really have uh, bucket getters. And I, I would, I mean, that's exactly what he falls into. I mean, you can put him out there with Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley and Jalen Brown. And at least, at least Tatum's going to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. The other thing too, is maybe they end up getting Paul George, but they need to really make some moves in the off season because their players are, are young, but I think the push to be made is, is now um, the future is going to, you know, be good also, but I, I just think that they won't be as good as Philadelphia, and I don't think they'll be as good as Milwaukee in three or four years. So I think that the height of where they'll be is now. Now, can they get enough to, to overtake LeBron and the Cavs? I'm not sure, but to me, the Boston Celtics, their window of opportunity is th- these next three to four years. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, at some point you have to stop building your future assets and actually use them. So <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see how long it takes Ames to do that. Um, but, I mean, obviously we'll talk about free agency later and, and all the players that they can go after. Yes, Sixers fans, we know all about um, – you know, the, the building process. And I know that we're all ready to, to start winning games. Um, so I guess go ahead and give us, uh, is it your fourth or your fifth, uh, now your, uh, bad team? Yeah. Four. I I guess these aren't really ranked at all, but another team was the Knicks. Um, I just didn't agree with the Frank pick. I I felt Malik Monk was there and they should have, they should have jumped on that. And I felt like that was the guy they needed in that offense. Yeah. I would have taken Monk here also. Um, I think I would have taken Dennis Smith, um, maybe even Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he was still there too. Yeah, plenty of guys that I would have taken over Frank. Yeah, and is Frank ready to play? I I forgot to look into that when I was when I was looking at him. Is he ready to come you over now? No. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he'll be over next year. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're in the middle of you know a rebuilding process. Obviously, hopefully they can for their sake they can get rid of Carmelo and keep Kristaps. I'm glad for Knicks fans that Kristaps, the trade rumors kind of uh, quieted down. Um, as a Sixers fan, I was kind of hopeful that maybe there was something crazy that could have happened, you know, and we ended up getting him. I also feared Boston or someone ending up with him. Also, that wouldn't have been good for us. Uh, but he's staying in New York for now. Do you, do you think he stays there long term? I mean, just in the immediate future, I guess, the next season or so? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, I think they'll fire Phil Jackson before they get rid of Kristaps. I just they would have to get a huge return uh, for a player like him at his age. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think anyone's willing to give up what it would take um, to get him. I, I really don't. All right. So who's, yeah. who, sorry, go ahead. Hey, yeah. Was just, the last team's the magic. Um, I mean, Jonathan Isaac, I, we, we talked about him. I do like him, but just not on that team. <laughs> I thought they needed shooting. Um, Alfred Payton, not a big fan of him. They could have got a point guard or Malik Monk also. Um, and if, I mean, if they wanted Isaac, I mean, they got him, but I just, I just don't see the fit on that team. Yeah. I guess you mentioned someone had compared, or maybe a couple of people had compared him to Kevin Durant, which we both thought was absurd. But if you're Orlando, you better hope that that's kind of the direction that he goes in. I don't see it. I think he'll be a good player, but they have a really weird roster, so I, I don't know if they plan on making trades or what, but they have a couple good young players. It just doesn't seem like it's organized in a way that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, last offseason, how many big men did they sign? It was just like, where are you, where, how are you going to get all these guys minutes? And you already had Vucevic, you bring in Biombo, you traded for Serge Ibaka, Jeff Green. It was just a really strange team last year, and it doesn't look like they're going in a different direction this year. They still have Aaron Gordon too, right? Yeah, I, that was another thing. I don't know how him and Aaron Gordon kind of play together because I feel like they're both fours. Unless you're sliding down Aaron Gordon to a three, but then you really don't have shooting. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting so. to see what they do. I I, I have a feeling they're going to try to make some more moves in the offseason, but because, I mean, the roster just – I mean, they played a lot of games last year but the roster didn't make much sense, so who knows. Um, I guess let's let's make it more positive. What, what are the five teams you thought did really well on Thursday? The Sixers. Uh, I mean, I thought they did a great job. Uh, got a bunch of, of guys playing overseas. Um, 
that they don't have to bring over right away, and they all have a bunch of talent. Um, bigger guys, obviously, which I wasn't expecting, um, but still, I mean, guys with great value at where they got them. Yeah, obviously, Fultz was the obvious choice going into the draft. Yeah. Most people would have taken him number one. Then they get um, Matthias Lesort, or I think that's how you say it, and the other guy's name I'm not even going to attempt. Two guys who are... Pesesnik. What is it? I think it's Pesez- Pesesnik. Okay. Um, so those two guys are, are overseas players who are just kind of stashing, I, I would say, for the moment. Um, what are your thoughts on Jonah Bolden? Well, he's another stash. I, I heard he just signed a contract for two years um, in Europe. So uh, even though he's been to college in the United States, he, he went over to Europe to play last year. Um, so I, I believe he's another stash player. So they so they get one guy to, to play now and three stash players. Um, they had also drafted somebody else um, whose name's slipping my mind, who they then traded. They drafted Jawan Evans. Yeah. And they traded him to the Clippers, who are actually also on uh, top five for me for good teams because they traded uh, for Evans and Sindarius Thornwell, which I thought they did a good job of getting some, some potential in the second round. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have any picks, I don't think, in the whole draft um, and then came into the draft via trade, obviously, as you just mentioned. Um, like I said, I, I Sindarius Thornwell at 48, I think is high, but they weren't the ones who drafted him. If that's the player they wanted, they, you know, they made it happen. Um, Evans for me is a little small. I was a little worried when the Sixers picked him and I was thankful when they got rid of him. Um, I don't really have too much feeling on their draft, I guess. Um, I can't wait to talk about them though, when it comes to free agency in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I thought they did a good job just because of all the uncertainty. At least they got back into the draft and got some players with potential. That's a good point. Um, another team, uh, I mean, you mentioned them earlier, the team that traded with the Blazers. They got their guy at five that they were thinking about trading up for, but they stayed put. They, the pick swap didn't actually hurt them. Uh, they still got the Aaron Fox at five, and that, that's the king. Yeah, then they end up getting Justin Jackson at 15, Harry Giles, who you, you were a big fan of, at 20, and Frank Mason, who I really like as a potential um long-term backup point guard I think you said the same didn't you yeah 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 I really love their draft it seems like they have completely turned this organization around obviously they're they're a long way off but they seem to make the wrong decision every single time they do anything and it seems the last couple decisions that they've made have been good ones I hope that they have some a lot of young talent uh and a lot of promise in these players. And I hope that this really is a new organization and they don't, they don't get wasted out there in Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always the problem, but I was a little, a little shocked while watching the draft because I, I liked what the Kings were doing. And it just seemed, seemed kind of backwards uh, liking what the Kings were actually doing with their, their team. Yeah. It's very strange, but like I said, maybe they've, maybe they've turned it around. Who knows? Um, and then, I liked what the Grizzlies did. They got Ivan Rabin. We talked about Dylan Brooks in in the last podcast. I, I mean, I think uh, bringing those guys in, um, I mean, they're ready to play. Uh, Rab could have been a lottery pick if he came out last year, stayed and, and fell to the second round. So I, I thought they got some really good value in the second round. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think you, you mentioned on draft night, Brooks was the third player from Oregon taken in the draft. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's... Um, I mean, they had a they had a good team. They have some obviously some NBA prospects. I, that surprises me. 
I think at 45, uh, I know it was via a trade. And again, this is another team didn't have any draft picks. Um, may also be looking at trying to finally rebuild, um, especially see what happens in free agency. Um, so yeah, I, I like what they did also. And then finally, um, I liked what the Pelicans did. They, they only had one pick, I think, and uh, yeah, it was the first pick of the second round. They got Frank Jackson. Uh, I, I mean, maybe they they keep, but they traded away Tim Frazier the day before to the Wizards, so they needed they needed a point guard. And uh, I think I think Frank Jackson. I, I think I mentioned him in the last podcast that I, I really like him, and uh, getting him in the second round was a good deal. Yeah, um, I don't have too much to add there, but yeah, I mean they they. Um they they need some help at that position and maybe he can turn out to be a good player for them because i mean he's still pretty young right he's 18 or 19 right because he was a freshman he was a freshman yeah so but i mean i mean that team i know holiday is a free agent and they're gonna i think try to keep him but it's gonna it's gonna cost them a lot so having a backup maybe Maybe gives them some leverage of not having to pay him, but I, I don't. Uh, it's going to be interesting how big of a contract he gets. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what what right now he would demand on the market. That that's one of the things that happens. Um, obviously, we saw it last year. Um, we talked about in the last podcast. Actually, Timothy Mozgov's the, somebody's going to get overpaid, maybe more than one guy, and it's unfortunate because it, it doesn't really do them any good. Um, it, it helps them in their wallets, but it, it sometimes attracts them to teams that aren't that good. And I guess it's just a matter of of what you value more, money or trying to win. Um, Mozgov obviously got way more than he would have gotten maybe from anywhere else, but. It, I don't know how hot of a commodity Drew Holiday is, but it, I could see somebody overpaying for him. Yeah, and we'll see. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about uh, is the Sixers depth chart after this, um, after the draft and going into summer league. I don't know if you've seen some of the the players they've signed to the summer league team. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't looked at that at all. So I, I know, like right after the draft, I saw they they got uh, Mellow Trimble. Oh, that's right. I did see that, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect him. He's really a player who really fell down draft boards the last two years. Mm-hmm. Ended up, I think it was his, this was his junior year, right? Yeah, I believe so. And, um, I mean, that's just pretty surprising to me uh, about, that he came out after three or three struggling years compared to all the hype that he had going into Maryland. Um, and then they get a guy, um, I agree at Briscoe, another you know, combo guard i guess you would call him uh from kentucky and then rumors are they're also bringing aaron harrison and uh blackman jr from indiana who is the last one blackman jr he, he was a oh, yeah. small forward i think he i think he got injured towards the end of the season too for indiana and um i guess we'll be able to watch fultz but supposedly simmons and Embiid are not playing in summer league that's correct right yeah i think the players are from the, the sixers this year is uh, Sean Long, Alex Poitras, Luwalu, and Fultz probably are uh, going to be playing also. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun to watch those guys in the summer league to see if any of them stick out and maybe, um, you know, I'd say there's a couple long shots, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw Christian Wood play pretty well for the Sixers last year in the summer league, and he got... He got a contract and basically played with the Hornets all year. So, 
Uh, I mean, anything can happen in the summer league, uh, especially when you're playing alongside Fultz. Maybe hopefully he uh, makes some of them look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we still have to wait even longer to watch Ben Simmons play. And obviously, I'd love to watch Embiid again. We didn't get too much of him, but. I'll take watching Markel over the summer, um, run around with with some of those young guys and and get some experience against, you know, the cream of the crop. And then I'm just really excited for the the preseason, but it's so far away. It's like I I can't really think about it. Yeah, it is pretty far away. And the one thing they'll have to decide before June 30th is if they want to pick up Gerald Henderson's team option. They got to decide that by Friday. Do you think they pick that up? The nine million dollar contract for next year. Um, I'm gonna say they don't. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they don't. Uh, also, because I mean, they they got they got to get these guys time, and I don't know um, what if, if Henderson really adds that much more that you want to pay him nine million dollars and and keep away time from guys like the Wallu and Fultz. See, my other thing too is I, I don't think Henderson gets nine million on the on the open market right now, does he? No, he doesn't. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Like, in addition to everything you just said, I also don't want to overpay Gerald Henderson. You know, it's one thing to overpay. See, it's like like Timothy Mozgov. You don't want to overpay that guy. Drew Holiday's proven he's he's been around the league. He's been a starter for a while. Um, I wouldn't want to overpay him either, but I'd much rather do that than overpay somebody like Gerald Henderson. I know we're talking a lot of a dollar difference, but to me, it's you know, overpaying is still overpaying. Yeah, I mean, they definitely still have to hit the floor of the salary cap. But I guess before we move on our free agency, do you have anything more about the draft? Um, I guess we, we didn't talk about Monk. I mean, we mentioned how teams passed up on Monk, but how surprised were you that he fell all the way to 11? I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, every pick that came in that wasn't him, uh, it was just very surprising. Um, you know, he was a steal in this draft, absolutely, 100%. The other thing I, I want to mention, too, is I, I'm shocked that P.J. Dozier goes undrafted, um, especially, you know, with Sindarius Thornwell getting picked up and, and him not. I, I just, it's just mind-blowing to me. Um, we'll see what happens. And now he's, he's in a tough position now. Um, but I think he'll, he'll surprise some people, and he'll end up playing maybe in the D-League or overseas and then, Maybe eventually he'll make it to the league. A lot of people saying, obviously I'm close with the South Carolina, you know, the people that write and, and stuff for them. And a lot of people were saying, there was a lot of people telling him, don't come out yet. And maybe they were right. Well, I mean, I'm sure you saw, he did sign with the Lakers for uh, summer. Um, so he'll be in the summer league, uh, sadly for the Lakers, probably playing with Josh Hart because Josh Hart also got drafted in the first round, uh, that last pick of the first round. So we'll get to see those two play together in summer league. Yeah, that should be uh, that should be pretty cool for those guys. And um, yeah, like we said, I mean, the summer league's an opportunity for the reason it's there is for it's an opportunity for young guys to show what they have and you know try to make a name for themselves. And like you said, as you mentioned earlier with Christian Wood, you know if you if you play really well in summer league for one team and you don't make their roster, you may end up playing somewhere else. So um, that, that's why to me summer league is interesting. I know a lot of people aren't, aren't into it, but you you get to see people um, you know with great stories, you know, make it from a tougher position sometimes. Yeah, I would bet that Dozier gets one of those two way contracts uh, that uh, the NBA team can keep him on their roster while also playing in the D league. Um, just because he's, he's that type of potential guy. and I mean, he's not ready for the NBA now, but the, 
they want to keep the rights to him. Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, you know, Sundarius obviously is more NBA ready. A lot of guys in the draft were. It was just the potential I thought that someone would um, jump on. But obviously there's a lot of guys vying to get drafted and only 60 can go. So I'm with you. I think he will get a contract from the NBA, from an NBA team at the end of summer, though. Uh, that's enough about uh, about the draft. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. A lot of stuff happened over the last couple of weeks with all those trades, and uh, it got really interesting. And I wasn't expecting Butler to be moved, but that was definitely the big storyline of Thursday. That was um, unbelievable when when it broke. I I, I couldn't believe it, uh, especially because of you know I think it was kind of lopsided, not horribly, but a little bit, and. Um, you know, the Timberwolves, the Chicago Bulls were really in a bad spot either way. Um, and now I think they're, you know, going in the rebuilding direction. But the Timberwolves, they went from a team that I think both of us thought they would be a lot closer to making the playoffs. And now I think they're they're certain certain to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think they, they make a jump this year. And we've been waiting for it. I, I had them in the playoffs, I think, the last two years. And they, I mean, just just too young I think the last two years but Butler uh, definitely makes a difference the other uh, big speculation has been surrounding Paul George we've heard I mean like so many different teams involved with trying to get him um, you know denials of this team and that team and this GM and these people and the latest um, was a three-way deal between the Cavaliers the Indiana Pacers and who was the third team um, the Nuggets Oh, that's Nuggets. right. That's right. The Nuggets. And um, it seemed like that, that trade kind of made some sense. And I thought this might actually be something that could happen. Um, but it, it seemed to have died down pretty quickly. Yeah, it seems like by the time I heard about it, it was already dead. Um, so I didn't see the whole details because from what I saw, the the Nuggets were given up freed. And they must have been given up a lot more because they were getting Kevin Love in return. And uh, Indiana must have been getting a lot of picks and picks and young guys uh, in that trade. Yeah, I guess I, th- I think I question what the Nuggets are doing. I, obviously, it always depends on how much you give up. But what what do they see in Kevin Love that they think will help them a lot? I think I think they're just kind of looking for a big time star next to put to play next to Jokic. I mean, having Jokic at the five and Kevin Love at the four that would be uh, probably. Uh, the best combo shooting or outside shooting in the league. I mean, having Jokic and Love, are, they're very good at threes. Uh, so I guess it would just be bringing something new to the table that the Western Conference doesn't have yet. The other interesting thing that I saw was that Jamal Murray was off limits in the trade talks. Are you I love Jamal Murray. Yeah. Are you also that in love with him? I, I think I find that kind of odd. Yeah, I'm not. But, I mean, they think... He can play point and two, uh, so I think they want to hold on to him. I, but, yeah, I, I'm really surprised. Uh, he, he can go off. He gets pretty hot, um, as we saw in Kentucky. And I think he had like seven 20-point games last year with pretty limited minutes. Uh, but Denver, they just have a lot of a lot of decent guys, and they're just trying to look for a big star right now, trying to package those up for a big star. Um, and then – I guess from the Indiana angle, it, it, uh, Paul George came out and said that he has no intention of re-signing with Indiana at the end of next season. Their GM comes out, says it's a gut punch, whatever. I think he's just 
kind of trying to force Indiana's hand here, right? Yeah, which is kind of weird. I mean, he's doing the same thing that Melo did uh, to the Nuggets. I mean, just play out the year, and then you can go to the team without them giving up all their assets. I mean, by the time Melo got to New York, there was nothing left on the team. They they had to send J.R. Smith, uh, Mozgov, uh, Wilson Chandler, Neil Gallinari. They sent all those guys from New York uh, just for Melo to play in New York for one more year before his contract was up. Yeah, I, I wonder if... if because the the rumor is that Paul George is going to go to Los Angeles at the end of his contract, and I wonder if Paul is hoping that they don't trade to LA, but trade him to and LA is not involved, and he ends up going to Cleveland or somewhere else for one year, where he might be able to sneak a title in before he goes to LA. I don't know if that's his mindset, but that was something that popped into my head after he announced that he wasn't going to resign. Because then it seems like. There's no reason, like you said, there's no reason to say that unless you're trying to force a trade, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess he, he kind of wants to have some control over where he goes. And like you said, may, maybe he's trying to force force a trade to Cleveland. Um, that way he can get a shot at a championship next year. I guess just hypothetically, because there's been so much speculation about it, if he ends up in Cleveland, do you think that that makes them better? Well, I mean, you know, in the trade, they have to give up love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in, in with respect to the the Warriors, it a hundred percent, yeah, it gives them a better chance because just just the matchups and Paul Paul George can cover uh, Durant and give LeBron a break because I mean that, that that would be huge for them. I mean, obviously, the the Warriors didn't have any trouble while. Love and Thompson were on the floor, so getting rid of Love and getting Paul George back would be big for that matchup. Yeah, I think it makes him better as well. And I think there's a it's it's a couple parts the reason why I think you, you made up bring up a great point with him being able to cover Durant's another guy they can use on the perimeter to defend. Paul George can hit the outside shot. But the thing with him versus Kevin Love is Paul George can create offense also. Um, to me, he's more well-rounded in, in that area. Um, Love is, well, what they've turned him into is a spot-up three-point shooter. And to me, I just think that he's being underutilized. And now I understand why they're doing what they're doing, and that's probably what they need to do in order to be the best team they can be. But Love is better than just standing at the three-point line shooting threes. Um, and I think that's why he'll be better once he leaves Cleveland. And obviously, he'll probably be the first or second option wherever he ends up. So that'll have something to do with it also. But I just feel like he's out of position and he's not he's not as good because of that. And Paul George, I think when he comes in, he'll be in his natural sort of position and can play the way he usually plays, probably getting less touches than he's used to. But um, I just think he'll be utilized more to all the facets of his game if if I'm I don't know if I'm making any sense but well uh, my my intrigue in it would be I mean when we've seen LeBron have had a big three or whatever you want to call it down in Miami we saw Chris Bosch just basically become a, a spot up three point shooter and then having in love too so there there always seems to be a, a third person that needs to take a big hit in stats and their game and would Paul George have to do that or would they be able to figure something out what's interesting is with golden state and we we um 
uh, tr- um, sorry, Thompson, Clay Thompson had the, the famous line that he's not sacrificing anything. Those aren't the exact words. But those guys seem to come together, and obviously they, they took some slight hit in statistics in some areas for some of them. But as you mentioned, there was still a really high percentage of shooting. They all averaged a lot of points still. Um, so I do wonder if it's possible, like you said, for Paul George to come in and them all still really average a lot. And the other thing that's interesting, too, is if Paul George comes in and someone's got to take a hit, I wonder if it's him or if it's Kyrie. Um and the other thing, too, is going forward, especially in the regular season, LeBron sometimes takes a step back also. So I think that those three guys can make it work. I really want to see it happen because I think it gives them a more legitimate shot at getting uh, beating Golden State. I don't think it's enough in and of itself, though. I think they would need to get something else. I don't know what that is. but Well, yeah, I mean, when I was looking at um, everybody's making a big deal about uh, the free agents that Golden State has, but um, Cleveland has a lot of unrestricted free agents too, and they don't have a lot of cap space. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what both teams do. Yeah, it's one of those questions again. Like I always say, it's a it's a question for those guys whether they want to try to keep winning or if they want to go get some more money. I think the Cavs, if they lose a couple of players, will be able to attract people. People, it seems historically, have one like to play with LeBron, and I think people would be willing to take a pay cut they have in the past to play with LeBron. Um, obviously you want to minimize that though, even if you're exchanging the same, you know, equivalents in, in talent, uh, you know, too many new faces, even if they aren't, you know, the starters or, you know, whatever the, the top scores, it still makes a lot of difference, you know, in the makeup of the chemistry and the team and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's so tough to tell until they actually start playing together. So, um, I mean, I guess they, they did get to see. Uh, each other on past USA teams. Um, but that's pretty much the limited experience that George and uh, LeBron have with each other. All right. So another uh, team that a lot of people are talking about right now would be the Clippers. Uh, there's been rumors they were denied that they were offering DeAndre Jordan. This, I think, though, was before Chris Paul and Blake Griffin both opted out of their deals. And it seems like the rumors are that they are not interested in re-signing. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, I still think Paul comes back just because of the pure fact that, it, I mean, he basically created the CBA this year for himself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he created that huge bonus uh, for guys like him. And I, I don't know. I mean, it is kind of weird that they both opted out, and I will not be surprised at all if Blake leaves, but I, I will be surprised if Chris leaves. I think that if the Spurs can somehow make it work to get Chris, he'll go to the Spurs. Outside of that, I think you're right. He'll end up going back to L.A. And I don't... Spurs have to get rid of Aldridge, right? That, that's the only way they would be able to do that? That seems to be the easiest way to make that happen. And supposedly, it seems like from what I'm reading, they may be open to that idea. Um so that, that that could work. I don't know that that's the right move for the Spurs, though. I mean, do you, do you like that basically a trade for LaMarcus Aldridge and Chris Paul? It depends on what they get back for Aldridge, I guess, too. Yeah, I mean, the way Aldridge played this year, it doesn't look like he could be the second best player on a championship team anymore. I would agree uh, with that. So you don't agree with it? No, I would agree with that, definitely. Oh, okay. Um, but, I mean, Chris Paul can, in my opinion, so... 
if you're making a move to compete with Golden State, which, I mean, at this point, every team in the West is, uh, that might be your best option. Sure, Eric getting Chris Paul. Yeah. So would you bet on Blake staying or going? Because it sounds like you're betting on Chris staying. What about Blake? You said he wouldn't be surprised, but which side would you bet on, I, I guess? I would bet on Blake leaving. Where do you think he ends up? What teams do you think try to sign him? And I mean, what do you think he's looking for right now? My leaders would probably be Boston, Denver, and Oklahoma City. Yeah, I saw a lot of speculation about OKC, although they don't have the cap space, and it looks like they'd have to do a lot uh, to get him there. Uh, I think he's originally from there. Uh, he went to Oklahoma, obviously. Um, so I would put them number one if they can make the cap space. I think they'll definitely sign him. It's just a matter of them making the cap space. And boy, it would be really fun to watch Russell Westbrook and Blake Griffin run up and down the court. Yeah, that would, that would be definitely definitely a high flying show with those two. Yeah, I think OKC definitely makes the playoffs again if they can do that, um, and they would be another another team that's in contention. I mean, no one's going to be on Golden State's level, but they could be in that next tier of of everybody else. You know, the San Antonio's and and whoever. Um, I, I guess the other thing the Spurs might have to do uh, would would be to convince Pau Gasol to opt out. I mean, at this point, well, he did opt out. Oh, he did. Yeah, Pal opted out. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. So he's he's not going to resign with San Antonio, then, right? He said he'd be willing to sign for less. Huh. Okay. Uh, another guy I saw that was willing to sign for less was Kevin Durant. He's going to opt out and he's going to take a, a discount deal. Steph Curry's also opting out and he's going to resign for the max. Uh, I can't blame him. Um, and I I. I doesn't surprise me that Durant's doing this. Uh, there was rumors that he was going to do it to try to keep Iguodala. We'll see if that works. But um, Durant is—he's clearly shown that he's willing to do anything to win more championships. So, yeah, and then, I mean, I can't blame Steph for for wanting the max because he's been on the best deal in the NBA over the past three years. So, absolutely, uh, you can't—you can't really blame him for kind of wanting that money, even though he makes plenty uh, in endorsements. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the fact that he was on the the discount contract, like you said. Um, obviously, he just it was just uh, he just blew up, you know, um, and was on a deal that, you know, he was just signed and that was it. And he didn't cry about it. He just waited his turn, and this is his turn, and so he's going to take it. And um, yeah, I'm with you. I can't blame him at all. It's good for him um, to sign for the max. And it's not like you know I I can appreciate what Kevin Durant's doing, but they really at this point don't really need much else. I mean, they're the best team in the league and no one's really, I don't want to say no one's close, but, um, I don't see them losing unless something drastic happens. So, um, that's the other thing too. It's not like, um, a dark situation where you need to take a really low amount of money to try to add some pieces. They really have all their pieces already. Yeah. And when I was looking at under restricted free agents, I saw Derek and didn't even bother writing down his name because, there's no way he's leaving uh, Dallas. Yeah, he's going to be only the second player ever to play 20 years with one franchise, right? After Kobe. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see that stat, but yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Um, the other person that's that's 
seems to be gaining a lot of interest is Gordon Hayward. Uh, Boston's been in the you know the rumor mill with him for I mean as long as it's been at you know talked about uh, this free agency summer. Um, the other team that's kind of coming out of the woodwork, at least to me, is Miami. Do you think they have a legitimate shot at getting him? Um, I don't know. I mean, there is a bunch of rumors about it, but I mean, there's always rumors about these teams right at the end. And I, I think Boston is the only team that has a chance of getting them. No, I'm not, I'm not too sure if you know, I, I'm not aware if they sign Gordon Hayward, they won't have the room to get George also. Right. Or, or Griffin, for instance. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably true. I mean, there's no way they would, right? I, I couldn't imagine that that would be the case. Um, I mean, they're already paying Al Horford a lot of money. Oh, wait, we're talking about Miami. No, no, I was right? I, no, no, I was talking about Boston because Boston was was in talks about Paul George, and then you just mentioned that maybe he, that could be a landing spot for Blake Griffin. But I'm just wondering if they end up winning this Gordon Hayward race, and one of those other two guys still isn't signed, if Boston would still have the room in their cap to, to sign someone else. But I guess what they could do, you mentioned out Horford, if they're going to end up getting Blake Griffin instead of Paul George, because Paul George, Gordon Hayward seems kind of weird to me. Maybe they could move Al Horford out of the picture and then sign Blake Griffin. That, I guess that could be a possibility. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the option for them. Cause I mean, I, I was surprised that they went for Al Horford last year, uh, knowing that this, this off season, they were going to go for Hayward. But I guess they just wanted to try to compete last year. Yeah, I don't think Hayward goes to Miami. Um, I don't know where else he would end up. I guess if if it's only, you know, if that's the only place it's between there and Utah, he probably will. But I think Hayward is leaving Utah because he wants to get on a team that has a legitimate shot, or at least a a team that can, yeah, that has a legitimate shot of of making the 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 NBA Finals. And um, Miami's just not that. They have a couple good young guys but they're a ways away from being um you know one of one of the legitimate contenders yeah and uh and yeah i just i just don't see how he fits in miami it's it just like even his personality i don't i don't see somebody uh like him leaving to go to miami um rather than getting the money in utah yeah that's a good point uh some other guys that we've mentioned before uh, just because you know we were talking in the playoffs about Toronto, and then they're probably going to lose both Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka. You have any idea where either of those guys could end up? I mean, there's been rumors um, if the Spurs can't land Paul, if if they can get Lowry, um, and then Lowry also going back to Houston. I've heard too, which would be interesting because that's where he started his career. Right? Or, or did he start in Memphis? He may have started in Memphis, but. Uh, at least early in his year, he was in Houston. Houston's interesting. Um, I think him going there would make them better for sure. Um, but James Harden's really the point guard now. So, I mean, did they switch their offense back and let Kyle take the point? How does that work? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Because um, it worked really not, well. It did and it didn't. I mean... Harden obviously had the ball in his hands a lot, which caused all those turnovers. But um, I mean that he turned he turned the ball over so much this year. Yeah, I mean that's why I think he shouldn't be in the running uh, on the award show tonight. 
that you don't want anyone to watch. Um, yeah, well, this will come out after the award show right. uh, comes up. So I, can't, I can't warn people not to watch it now. Um, but no, he's up for, for MVP because of the statistics he put up. But yeah, I mean, the turnovers is an issue. Um, you could say that it could be something that he could work on, but it just seems to get worse with the usage. I mean, he broke his own record, I believe, from the year before. So yeah. Maybe it would be good to get someone else in there to handle the ball that's a little more, a little less reckless, and let let James go back to the two. That could that could be something they could they could work on. I mean, Kyle's a pretty good player. I know I've talked about him poorly before. Um, I just three point shooter, so he fits in with Houston. Yeah, and there wouldn't be pressure on him. I think that he's not the guy that you can kind of lean on. Um, in big moments and big games, he, he tends to shrink. But with James Harden there, you wouldn't really need him to do that. He just needs to play point guard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the way that him and DeRozan have performed in the playoffs, uh, recently definitely, uh, has caused first concern, uh, for other teams, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I would say so. Um, but again, if you're signing him to be, you know, you're, not one of your first two scoring options. And I don't think he would be. Um, well, maybe he would be. Yeah, I was going to say, who, who's their second <laughs> behind Harden? I mean, Ariza? Oh, I don't know, because it's like basically, it reminds me of like Dwight Howard's Magic team, although they played different positions. It's 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 It was Howard and three-point shooters. Now it's Harden and a bunch of three-point shooters. So Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I mean... I think they have to do something because they were too way too reliant on the three, and I understand that was their game. But uh, Houston against San Antonio, it just really exploited the way they play, and they have to be willing to at least take uh, jumpers rather than only layups and three. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, another person people are talking about, I, I want to look up how old he is, um, Paul Millsap. Any thoughts about him? I know there's – I haven't heard too many rumors, but there's a lot of talk about him. I think he leaves. Uh, I'm not sure where. I just think he needs to get out of Atlanta. Um, they seem to be leaning towards rebuild mode now, and uh, I think he needs to get out of there. Yeah, he's 32. It, he's still a pretty good player. I mean, I think he can make impact somewhere. Uh, he's made $20 million this past year. I don't think he'll make anywhere near that going forward, so it should be interesting to see how much of a pay cut he's, he's willing to take. Uh, a guy who hasn't been on too many winning teams. Obviously, Atlanta has been pretty good, I guess, the past few years, but I, I would venture to say he has a losing NBA record, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, he was on uh, he was on Utah for a while without Jefferson, right? That's right, um, yeah, yeah. Those two. So I think I think they only made the eighth seed uh, once, um, maybe back in like 2008, uh, but they, they really struggled once those two guys left. And, um yeah, I would. I mean, that sixty-win season with the Hawks definitely helps his record, though. In the NBA, yeah, in the NBA. that was um, very strange to say the least. Um, another guy, he's actually restricted, I believe. Otto Porter Jr. Uh, I think you've brought him up before, uh, maybe just in passing. Um, do you think he stays in Washington? I think they have to try to keep him there because. Um, they can go over the salary cap since they're retaining him, but because I, I, they don't really have any money with it. We've talked about that Mahimi contract, uh, which is just brutal and is, is going to cost them for bringing in free agents. So I think they have to keep their own guys. 
Um, another point guard. He's a pretty good player. Uh, G- George Hill. What do you think he does? I mean, I think he's the, I guess, technically third best point guard now that Chris Paul uh, waved. I, I think uh, I would rather have Lowry than uh, George Hill, but he's still a very good player. Um, and I, I think he's going to get paid somewhere. All right. So we, we kind of uh, talked about Drew Holiday a little bit. Um, and then Nerlens Noel is a restricted free agent, and everyone's fully expecting the Mavericks to match whatever offer he gets. And I'm sure he'll get, um, I would expect, some pretty good uh, offers. Do you think someone offers him the max? So what would his max be? I guess that would be kind of uh, like what question. Harrison Barnes got last year, right? Probably. I, I, I don't think he gets the max, but I won't be surprised if somebody offers it to him. I, I think it'll be close to the max, though. And then the, the you expect the Mavericks to match it, whatever it is, even if it's the max, right? Yeah, I, I would think they would have to. It's not just that he's young and talented and he's got potential and all that, but, I mean, they did just trade for him. I feel like that has something to do with, you know, wanting to keep him, right? Yeah, they just traded a first-round pick for Nerland. They got to hold on to him, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what... All right, so... Uh... Oh, yeah, first-round pick. Sorry, I, I totally glanced over that looking for other guys to talk about. There's the next two guys I'll talk to in tandem. They're not really related to each other, per se, but both of them have some Sixers stuff. Uh, J.J. Redick, maybe more of wishes from Sixers fans. Who knows if that'll actually happen. And then Andre Guadala is a former Sixer who might look to leave... Golden State. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get a big contract, but from what I've read, it's all uh, kind of negative, saying that he's kind of boxed himself into this role, and teams are kind of wary of that. Uh, so, um, are we just talking about Sixers wise, or just these players in general? Uh yeah, just them in general. Sorry, I yeah. So, so I mean, I, I mean, Iguodal can. It seems when he's open, he can make those threes. But I mean, he, he's not the player he used to be, or even when he when he went to Golden State originally. Um, I, I can only see a couple more years because I mean, his game's so dependent on his defense, and I mean that's that's going to wear down eventually. Um, JJ, I mean, you know what you're getting from him. Uh, run offenses around him, screens, off ball screens, and I mean he can hit it. So I think the more valuable player right now would be JJ. What's interesting is I think J.J. is probably the best shooting guard available. And that's pretty crazy to think. And J.J. is a good player, don't get me wrong, but there's so many good players available in this free agency at all the other positions. It's weird to think J.J. is the best shooting guard that's available, but that's the truth. Um, do you think the Sixers... What Vince Carter? Not Vince Carter? <laughs> uh, not, not at this age. Is he really going to still try to play? Yeah. Well... Um, well, anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts. you think J.J. is a legitimate shot at ending up on the Sixers? I think they will go after him, yeah. I'm not sure if he wants to come to Philadelphia, but I think they will They will offer him something. Yeah, at this point, I think we got to talk just at least briefly, if you don't mind, about the Clippers because they were like this laughingstock organization, so relevant. Then they get these guys together they have this run of 50 win seasons. They can't ever get what they get to the conference finals once. And 
No, never. Oh, never. Oh, man. They blew that, like, 25-point lead against Houston in game six, if you remember that. And now it looks like it's possible that J.J. Redick, Chris Paul, and Blake Griffin all leave in the offseason, which would leave the Clippers as one of the worst teams, in my opinion, in the NBA. And I just thought with Steve Ballmer buying the team that they would figure out a way to stay on top, but it looks like they might end up right back on the bottom where they came from. Yeah, I mean, what they should do is, I mean, if Chris Paul decides to leave, they should do a sign-and-trade and get LaMarcus Aldridge in return. And, uh, I mean, that would be the only saving grace of Chris Paul leaving. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, DeAndre is technically third-team All-NBA this year, but, I mean, he's not a player you're going to run your offense around. Uh, he needs to have the offense be run, and then he just clears up some boards and catches some lobs. Yeah, third team All NBA. I mean, you can argue it back and forth, but a lot of that's shot blocking, defense, rebounding, like you said. And he's not—he's not, he's not going to create offense. Um, he's, I guess, a decent third option, but he's not really an option because he's not. You don't throw the ball to him in the post and let him, you know, go to work. Um, so they're really JJ's another guy who you know. He, it's amazing how much better he got from when he first came into the league. I mean, he really learned. Uh, he just got better, but he also learned how to do some things he didn't know how to do and all that. So um, it, it would be so exciting to see him uh, in a Sixers uniform. But I just felt like we talked about all these Clippers possibly leaving, and it's just I feel kind of bad for their whole organization. But Yeah, it'll be interesting, really interesting to see what they do. Um, I mean, I mean, we're talking about all these other guys here too, so if those, those guys leave, they have plenty of cap space to try to sign some of these other uh, Paul Millsap kind of Kyle Lowry kind of players do you think that if they lose all three guys they go in the direction of trying to piece together um, a bunch of random guys again or do you think they they tank and, I think and they rebuild do. okay I don't think they're going to start tanking I, I think Ballmer is a very competitive guy and he doesn't he doesn't want to do that right now uh, is there any other guys you wanted to talk about maybe Zach Randolph or I don't know some of these older guys yeah, I mean, Memphis is another team, too. Uh, you got Zach Randolph unrestricted, uh, Tony Allen unrestricted, Vince Carter, I mean, like we thought we mentioned him, and then Jamichael Green is restricted. So, right. I, I mean, it's Jamichael Green is going to get a big contract, I think, in, in the restricted free agency, so it'll be interesting to see whether they decide to match. I was going to say the same thing, and I think, I, in my opinion, I think Memphis has to match. Uh, at this point, if, if those other guys leave, you're obviously not going to be very good next year. But Jamichael Green, you might have to overpay him, but at least it's something you can look forward to as far as the future because, I, like I've been saying, it, it, it's time for them to, to reorganize. Yeah, I mean, the problem is $94 million. Mike Conley. Um, no, no, Chandler Parsons' contract. Oh, I think, yeah, you're right. Mike, Mike Conley got, like, more than that. Um, oh yeah, he got over 150 mil yeah. for like five years. That's right. So, but but Parsons got four years, 94 mil, uh, which which is big, uh, especially considering he barely played this year and his knees aren't good and uh, he, he he might be done. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not going to be worth the 23, 24, 25 million he's going to make over the next three years. I mean, there's just no way to get rid of that either. I mean. Just, yeah, you cannot package that. It's not like a Moskov contract because that is a major hit um, on your team. And I don't even think they have first rounds to give because I think 
uh, Boston has like their 2019 or 2020 first round pick. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough couple of years probably for that organization. Uh, I mean, I hope for their sake that Parsons has some kind of resurgence. I don't know. Chandler Parsons is the third highest, tied for third highest small forward, paid, third highest paid small forward, him and Harrison Barnes. Well, it's interesting that those two guys are tied, and a lot of people feel like they're both horrendously bad contracts. Well, they, I mean, they both got the max, their max last year. Okay. Or, yeah, when they signed it. But they're getting paid more than Paul George, and then Alan Crabb is sixth, which is just frustrating also. <laughs> and then Kawhi at seven. Wow. And then Dang at eight, and Evan Turner at nine. So it's a pretty funny list. <laughs> I can't believe Evan Turner is still getting paid that much. But yeah, I mean, it's always funny to look at money lists. Uh, I think we we talked about it the other day. Uh, someone absurd was six. I thought Steph Curry. Uh, that's why he's taking the max. Um, uh, is there anyone else that that interests you? Um, we mentioned Livingston. I think he'd be a pretty good fit uh, on the Sixers, um, playing alongside uh, Simmons and Fultz, um, Michael Beasley, and Dante Cunningham. And then Dion Waiters were the other three guys I, I thought would be pretty interesting on the Sixers. Dion Waiters. See, the thing about Dion, though, is he, he takes too many shots. And he does. I, I don't want him taking shots on the Sixers. I want the other guys to take take shots, even if, even if it means they miss a whole lot of them. You know, you got to – it's about practice, and, you know, you, you got to have practice in the game also, obviously. And that's how you get better. And I just think Dion would take too many shots. That's my only – Dion loves taking shots. <laughs> he, 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 uh, do you ever listen to uh, Simmons' podcast with Kevin Durant when they talked about Dion Waiters? No. So basically, I mean, KD was like, trying not to like talk about it too much, but Simmons just like kept pushing. He's like, yeah, like sometimes I would watch your games, and like Dion would be in there, and like you and you Harden and Westbrook would all be there, and like he thought he was the best one on the team, and he was just like jacking on threes, <laughs> and Durant was just like laughing because like he kind of knew it was true. Yeah, I, I read an article recently. Uh, it was in the Players Tribune, I believe, and it was it was basically Dion Waiters uh, admitting that he always thinks he's the best player on the court, and he's pretty unapologetic about it. Um, and I think in his defense, you know, and I've mentioned this before, to play in the NBA and to be successful, I think you have to have a certain arrogance and attitude, like you are the best, and that you know you have supreme confidence that you can do whatever you can do. Um, but it was pretty funny to read it in an article coming from him. He's just, it's pretty ridiculous. Just the way he talks and what he says. And it's just kind of a funny read, but it's cool too. And, and, um, I, I gained some respect for him because, you know, he's just being honest about who he is and I got to respect that. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely a streaky off the bench shooter, which, uh, I think would be, would be kind of cool to have like him and just, Jerry Bayless just shooting up threes while they're coming off the bench for the Sixers. Yeah, you need uh, um, you need good shooting off the bench for uh, what do you call those? Oh, playoff teams, right? <laughs> That's right. Did you see the the Sixers are actually favored to make the playoffs right now? I did see that. Um, it seems like a, a little bit of a stretch. Maybe they're playing on some of the hype. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they really believe it. Um, I, like I said, I thought they'd be in the race. Um, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs this year. I think there's going to be some growing pains in the beginning. Um, you know, mid season, like I think what month was great this year was January, right? They were like 
unbelievable in January this year. Ten and five, ten and six. Yeah. So I think the the next season is going to go about the same. Hopefully. Embiid and Simmons and Fultz all stay healthy and then they can continue that success for the rest of the season. Is that going to be enough to make the playoffs? I, I'm not saying that they're going to go 10 and five in every month, but they're going to, they're going to be playing, you know, that kind of good basketball and winning games. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but I think the damage in the beginning is going to be a little bit too much to overcome. But then again, it is the East. So it is the East and we saw what Miami did and almost made the playoffs this year. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't recommend building that big of a hole before you uh, turn it around. Uh, I don't think they will either, unless something crazy injury-wise happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just the only thing right now, is that you just got to keep your fingers crossed and everyone stays healthy, and it should be a fun, should be a fun season. Yeah, it should be a fun free agency, too, uh, with all these guys. I know some... Oh, here's some restricted too that uh, that could go. That the Sixers could go after uh, Michael Carter Williams. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. Sixers might want to bring him back. You know, uh, since they got rid of that Lakers pick, they might have to bring Carter Williams back. Uh, Tim Hardaway. It's basically that whole crap draft uh, from four years ago with Alex Len, Ben McLemore, uh Trey Burke, all those guys that haven't really done anything. Yeah, I, I I did see some of them. I was going to ask you about Ben, um, but I don't know. The, the restricted guys, the problem is that, you know, sometimes you end up, a lot of times I feel like you end up overpaying for those guys because teams are interested, obviously, in keeping them. And then, um, you know, they, there's teams like Brooklyn who just will pay anybody anything as much uh, as they want. That's true. That's how Tyler Johnson becomes a $50 million man. That. Yes, um, he he uh, he's a decent player. You know, I think he can he can make it in this league. Uh, he's been making it so far, but I think he'll stick around. But that's just um, that's too much. He doesn't have that much potential. I I would have let him go for that, but that's just me. Yeah, but it's just kind of tough because you you basically lose them. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, Portland did the same thing with Alan Crabbe, and that's why he's getting paid so much money. So, I mean, it, it's tough when teams like Brooklyn have so much money to spend. Uh, so maybe that Mozgov contract helps the entire league. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, taking the team with the most cap, ridiculous amounts of space, like you mentioned, and, and blocking it up with hot garbage that costs a lot of money is, you know, it's obviously going to be helpful. But, I mean, they're still in really bad shape. Uh, obviously, they took a step probably in the right direction, but... Um, yeah, I mean, they they got a long way to go. Yes, but, I mean, I think we agree that they're doing the best they can given their situation. Um, and, we'll, yeah, we'll see what they can do this year. Uh, D'Angelo, I think, is going to put up some big numbers uh, in Brooklyn, and at least that gives the team some hope. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else there, so he's going to have the ball in his hands a whole lot. And, I don't know, maybe he'll sell some jerseys and some tickets in the meantime while they wait. And I mean, if he does have the potential um, that some people think he has, this is a perfect opportunity for him to uh, to get a lot of minutes and a lot and uh, get a lot of shots up and maybe even learn how to, to lead a team because um, there's probably going to be a lot of young guys, I would imagine, in the future whenever they uh, have first-round picks three, four years from now. Um, so... Well, we'll see. Only time yeah. will tell, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to keep 
taking those risks um, and trading back into the first round and stuff like that because, like you, you mentioned, Brooklyn doesn't really have too much uh, going for them in the drafts in the next few years because Boston owns them. Right. I guess uh, one last thing I wanted to ask. I, I can't believe I forgot. Um, Carmelo Anthony, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, he gets traded, right? I don't know who would trade for him. Um, Cleveland? He might get bought out. I would bet that he gets bought out before he gets traded. Interesting. Yeah. Because then, he, then he'll get to renegotiate his contract, right? Where do you think he ends up? I could see him going to a team like Memphis if they had um, if some cast baits. You don't think he goes to a, a playoff, a championship contender, or at least a really good team? I, I think Memphis could be a really good team with him, but, um, I mean, Golden State wouldn't be able to afford him unless he's basically going to take the minimum. Uh, I don't I, I don't think he could go to Cleveland unless they make some trades. Boston and then San Antonio, which I don't think Pop wants Carmelo on his team. Nope. I would not. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I still think there's a possibility that Cleveland trades for Carmelo, um, but I think that possibility only exists if Paul George ends up somewhere else. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think we're going to figure out a lot over the next two weeks or so. Uh, like we said, Friday is the, the cutoff date for team and player options, and then July 1st is when teams get to start talking to the players, and then the 7th is when teams get to sign them, right? Yeah, the 7th. So, yeah, ne- next next week and a half should be pretty interesting with all these names that we've mentioned uh, on the block. Yeah, it should be fun with that and, and then watching the kids we talked about earlier uh, in the summer league and then seeing if there's any blockbuster trades. Um, obviously, Paul George just talked about Carmelo Anthony. Maybe another team will jump in and surprise us. Who knows? Um, it should be a fun summer. I'm sorry. We got the two summer leagues for the Sixers too: Utah and then going straight to Vegas. Right. So, yeah. See, but I don't think Simmons played all the games last year, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Fultz if they if uh, they decide because that was like the biggest uh, sports headline that Simmons was sitting out a summer league game. It was like, all right, calm down, people. Yeah, I mean, summer can be rough. Um, Obviously, if you're a baseball fan, it's 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 not so bad. Um, but you know, for the NBA, it, it slows down. We're we're coming into the 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 stretch now where it's going to quiet down over after the next, like you mentioned, week and a half or so, and then it, it should get quiet for summer league. And and then, like I said, it's a long wait uh, until the preseason. But we'll enjoy it. And uh, some of us, not you, but some of us, will enjoy the NBA awards tonight. <laughs> Don't watch them. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we can we can just root for Dario. I I just want to text from you as soon as Dario wins. But if he doesn't win, I don't want to text. I think it's going to be uh, Brogdon. Don't say it. No, don't say that. All right, I'm I'm out on that. Note. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a really fun 2016-2017 season, and we'll be back soon for the 2017-2018 season. This has been the Pick and Roll Podcast, and thanks for listening. <laughs>